welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I have a very special guest. She is actually my sister-in-law, and her name is Lisa Brown. And Lisa is the Independent Living Specialist with Wyoming Independent Living. And as a paraplegic herself, she is a fierce advocate for people with disabilities. Also, Lisa is a wife and mother to her adorable toddler, girl who I'm slightly obsessed with. So <laughs> thank you, Lisa, for agreeing to be with me today. Okay, so I'm going to start by asking you, tell me about where you work. You were telling me about this the other day. And I said, I have to do a podcast with you because this is information that parents need to know. So tell me about where you work. So it's super cool. And actually, I've always known about independent living, but didn't take advantage of it because I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not that disabled. Like, mm -hmm. you know how they have those levels of like, oh, I don't need that help, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but they are, we are just a super cool program where we just want to make sure people live their best lives and are living the lives that they want to live. So many times in the disability world, we're told what we can and can't do. We're told what we have to have, what what we need to eat, what what equipment we need. Um, and what I love about independent living is we really give that person with a disability a voice. Um, and so people ask me a lot of the time, like, what do you even do for independent living? I'm like, what do you want me to do? That's really, <laughs> that's really the question that I ask my consumers of like, well, that's up to you what I do. Like, do you want me to go yell at your management because they won't put your shower grab bars in? Happily, totally did it. Got the shower grab bars in. <laughs> do you want me to help you get a ramp? Does your child need help getting prosthetics for their for their legs? Do you want to get a job? Do you want to eat better? Do you want to get to know more people? And what's so fun is when I get to talk to a consumer we just get to know them and it's a partnership. And something I love about independent living, which I love to brag about, actually more than half the staff is required to have a disability themselves. I love that. I, it's so vital because that peer support, it's crucial because nobody knows what you're going through except for you. But somebody who's also going through disabilities understand that different world of the social model versus the medical model. Mm. Um, where the medical model tells us like something's wrong with the person, we need to fix you, we need to cure you. And the social model we're looking at like, well, no, like how do we meet the person where they are? How do we make life more accessible for everybody? The thing about it is we also believe like at some point in your life, everybody's going to have some form of a disability, whether it's a broken leg, it's short term, or whether it's an autism diagnosis, whether you're paralyzed, whether you got older and your hips broke a hip or your knees are going out, like everybody at some point in their life can identify with having a disability. And one thing that's super cool is we're really starting to broaden our work into the mental health field and reaching out to people of like, yes, extreme anxiety, major depression, that's a disability that we can help you with. Um, and so to be fully transparent, I, I, of course, people notice my physical diagnosis right away, that drop foot and the paralysis. But then I also am able to identify I have severe anxiety mm -hmm. and major depressive disorder, which mm -hmm. I get support from too. And so 
when I talk to my consumers, we're able to connect on that level and talk about, gosh, yeah, this is really hard. And I don't just talk to them about like, okay, let's get a ramp in your house. The question is, why do you want a ramp? What's a ramp going to help you do? And then we're getting to the, the core of, they want to be able to leave their house safely and go grocery shopping. They mm-hmm. want to be able to go meet a friend at a restaurant and it's so much bigger. And so we, we work through that. And um, one, one consumer I learned, she loves painting, but she doesn't have, and she was going to teach a painting class, but she can't leave her apartment really she just doesn't have the stamina anymore she gets really easily fatigued Mm. and so one thing that we talked about is well how cool is it that maybe we could help you start an online painting group and so we're in the process that's what I do that's the what the consumer's goal is is um, teaching her how to do that online and then using us as kind of a jump off point to help get people and tell about it. And so, yeah, that is independent living. We really focus, like we have five core areas, which is super technical, information referral, peer support are the main ones. We help people transition out of nursing homes or hospitals back into their home. We can um, help pay for like first month's rent, the deposit, all of that stuff. So it's pretty, pretty broad of Mm -hmm. what we get to do and it's super fun and it's really fun talking to people when they're like I I need a ramp but then we're like well actually let's set up like grocery delivery too and what else do you want like they're like wait I can do more and it's wow yeah they're like wait there's there's other options for me in life (laughs) and it took me I've been in the professional working field for about 15 years now And it took me starting this job to realize that I could actually ask for chair cushions as a reasonable accommodation for my chronic nerve pain. Mm. (laughs) And I looked at them like, that's never crossed my mind. Ask for a chair cushion. (laughs) I know. I can actually live life comfortably. Like, what are you talking about? That's insanity. Like... Um, and so we get to help people with that too. Like if they're at work and they're not getting the accommodations they need, or they just don't know what to ask or how to ask, like mm-hmm. come and talk to us. Like we will talk to you all day and we do peer support groups. And I'm actually just about to start with the University of Montana of a Project Connect program mm. where we're going to be teaching individuals how to reach out through the internet and combating socialization because COVID clearly has hit the disability population probably the hardest. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've all just kind of submerged into our caves to stay safe. And that social isolation is just extreme. So It, it is extreme. I love that you're addressing that. And something that you said that actually surprised me is that your company, that they actually provide services for things that may be like a temporary disability. I didn't know that. I would, when I heard of what you did, I thought this must be like a lifelong, and I know you do both, but I just didn't know you also helped accommodate temporary disabilities. Yeah. And with schools, we don't require proof. So many, like, especially in the disability field, like you, like, well, show me the proof. Show me that something's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, we'll take your word for it. If you mm-hmm. identify with a disability, let's hang out. You know, I mean, something is like as simple as vision support. Like, did you know the number one accommodation for disabilities are glasses? Because mm-hmm. low vision is a disability. Like, and 
that's so normalized. So our goal is like, well, let's make wheelchairs that normalized. Let's make Mm -hmm. walkers that normalized. Like, Mm -hmm. let's make fidget and sensory that normalized. Mm -hmm. That we just don't even think twice. Oh, I love that you use that analogy. Glasses for someone with a vision impairment. That is a really great connection. So I guess what I'm wondering, Lisa, and I know I know the answer to this, but I think it's really important that you share your story with people that are listening. So tell me how you came to be a part of this disability community. Michelle, this is so crazy. This Dune... June 2022, um, well, I would have been paralyzed for as long as I wasn't. Wow. Waymark, 16 wow. years, which is crazy to me. It's yeah. Um, so I, I got paralyzed at 16 years old. I, we were, my parents and my sister, I'm the youngest of six, um, but my sister closest to my age, she was visiting home from college and we we went to Crested Butte, Colorado, and we're like, hey, let's go, go four-wheeling. We've never done it before. Sounded super fun. So we go and we're in the mountains and it's beautiful. And of course, dad and Lori are doing like these crazy stunts going over boulders and really steep cliffs. <laughs> and obviously me and then mom are like, really? We have to go through that muddy river? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so we're on the we've been like there was thunder and lightning storms and we're like wow this is we are wild what an adventure and now I I get brave enough and I start to drive and so I'm driving the four-wheeler and it's so interesting because I we, we get to a spot and I actually remember a very distinct voice saying you're going up this hill and your life is changing forever stop driving wow. and I'm like that's weird so of course I just kept driving and I hit just a tiny I'm going like 10 miles per hour right mm-hmm. and I hit just a little ditch a little kind of bump in the road and I lose complete control of the four-wheeler like I just wasn't strong enough and we ended up taking it over a cliff which was like a 40 degree angle we rolled about 100 feet and Lori miraculously actually stopped me from going down the whole like 90 degree angle cliff. The four-wheeler went all the way over. And the first thing I said to Lori, (laughs) (laughs) what did you say to her? Say that again. Dad's going to kill us. (laughs) (laughs) Crashed the (laughs) four-wheeler. And Lori, you know, in agreement, she were both a little scared. Um, I also distinctly remember mom and dad were riding behind us. And I remember um, mom's scream when both of her girls disappeared over the <sighs> So if you ever question how much mom loves her kids, I can verify. It's all. So uh, Lori says, Let, well, we should walk up. We should get up the hill. And I said, Lori, I can't feel my legs. I'm paralyzed. You knew right then. I knew knew right away. I was super calm. It's so funny because if a big thing happens to me, I'm like, oh, this is bad. Like I just got ran over by a car and this, that's not great. Which you did. You did. And you have to share that too. Because I mean, your story just blows my mind. But if I stub my toe, it's the end of the world. (laughs) Yelling curse words, whatever. But, uh, But I don't curse. For anybody who wonders. Um, 
So my dad made it down, um, and by some weird miracle, a Boy Scout troop just comes riding on by. And we hadn't seen anybody else on this mountain the whole time. Um, And so they are so jazzed because they get to use their first aid skills that they've learned in Boy Scouts. Like, (laughs) they're thrilled. They have their emergency radios. They start chopping off my hair because they see blood on my head. I'm 16 thinking, like, what the heck is happening to my hair right now? That's my biggest concern. Um, It took four hours. I got off the cliff, and I was diagnosed as a complete paraplegic. Meaning no feeling, no movement from the belly button down. I was, um, it was at a T12 mm-hmm. with spinal cord damage at the L, no, T12 and then L2 and 3. Um, mm-hmm. Those two bones jammed into my spinal cord. Mm-hmm. But I knew pretty early on, and I've said this to my mom a lot and, and Lori too, because she has a lot of guilt of like, I should have saved her. It should have been me, not her. And which is ridiculous. She did save me, literally saved my life. Wow. Um, some, there were stories that she was hanging onto a bush and hanging onto my arm with a, a firebomb of the four wheeler, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is close to true, but a little <laughs> exaggerated. <laughs> oh my goodness. Stop on like this really tiny bush. And then when I stopped rolling, she was there and she held me up. Wow. So literally she saved my life. But I have told them, I said, you know, and especially now it's been almost 16 years. This disability is so much of who I am and so much of what I'm supposed to be in life that if it didn't happen that day, it would have happened somehow, somehow else. Like, Mm -hmm. not that I don't believe in choice or, you know, but I think there's some things in life where you're just meant to battle it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them for me. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I decided then that I really, I loved my team at Craig hospital. They're incredible. I still am in touch. I'm Facebook friends with a lot of them. You know, they're just incredible. And what I love about them is they they really do prescribe to this social model over this medical model of there's something wrong with you, let's fix you. They're like, hey, this happened and this is how you're going to live life now and you're going to get over it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) They don't let you wallow in self-pity and they don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) They're there to give you resources, to give you hope, to push you you forward. Yeah, this is how you get over a curb. This is how Mm -hmm. you open the door. This is how you pee. Which I fought hard on that one, but so they were incredible, and I just I love that um, about Craig Hospital. But I it it really shifted my whole outlook on life. And one of the problems I had, and why I'm so prone to loving independent living, is I would go see my psychologist. Her name was um, Dr. Payne. Oh, is that real? What's Dr. her real, that was really it, Dr. Payne? Really her name, which is so fitting. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. That is unbelievable. I swear. Okay. If you didn't tell me that was the truth, I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> no. Isn't that so funny? Dr. Severe and Dr. Payne. Yeah. Amazing. And so we joked because I was, I had incredible pain pretty early on. I was able to get a lot of feeling back actually. Mm-hmm. And they came in and they told me, they're like, you know, you're not going to walk again. And I said, watch me. Like, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was quite a journey. I left the hospital walking, um, barely. 
Yeah. I begged and begged and begged. I was there for three months and I said, just let me do the gate bars, which for those who are listening, who don't know, that's when they put full leg braces or AFOs on your legs. So from your feet to your hips, and then you walk on two parallel bars, just like a little pathway out of two parallel bars. Uh huh. And I, I'm like, just let me try. Like, it's my last day here. And they were so sick of me. They're like, well, we actually just want to watch you fall on your face now. Cause <laughs> And I did it twice Wow! and they were just amazed. So that, so I was able to go back in the summer and fully walk again. And then, um, this is my favorite way to sell the story. Ready, Michelle? So, so <laughs> I went back all summer long. I was a junior in high school, summer before senior year. I'm going to school. I'm ready to go. I was famous, obviously the girl in the wheelchair. And I had learned to walk with two crutches and I get ran over by a car. I can't even, how long were you in the wheelchair in? Or again? So I was permanently in a wheelchair. Oh gosh, probably for <sighs> without being able to walk, mm-hmm. uh, almost a year. Oh, so your whole senior year? My whole junior year, and okay. then the summer. So the summer June 20, 2006 to about June two thousand seven, I was one hundred percent wheelchair bound. Wow. And then I, you know, through therapy, I was able to walk with AFOs and crutches into school until I got ran over by a car. Unbelievable. Was that in the high school parking lot? Yes. All terrible things happened in the high school parking lot. All terrible things. It was like the week before school started. I had my senior paralyzed swagger going on and bam. (laughs) Oh, Lisa. I mean, I know this happened, but hearing you tell it, I just... And now that I'm, I mean, being a mom myself, I just, I, and having, thinking about your mom and dad receiving that phone call. Do you I, know what I did to my mom? What? I just, I'm <laughs> called a cucumber. I just pick up the phone and I say, hey, mom, I just got hit by a car. Can you get me? Okay, bye. And I hang up. Did you leave that as a voicemail? I said it to her, but then I just hung up. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> oh, Lisa. Oh, my word. I know. I know. But I just, so how have you managed over time? What, what kinds of, I mean, I guess what I'm wondering is here you are working for as an independent living specialist, right? And you've had your experiences. And here's the thing. It's not like you tie it up in a neat little bow and say, I figured it out. And here we go. There are always challenges. And so I'm guessing that that's something that you're really good at relating with others about is that there are lifelong challenges. And I'm certain that they change. Maybe they're not always the same, or maybe there are some that are consistent. And then you get the coveted new challenges that everyone really wants, right? (laughs) Are those the new challenges? So what are some of the things that you have had to work through over these last nearly 16 years? Oh gosh. Well, like it's, it's not linear. Like it's such a back and forth and Mm -hmm. Well, and as I was saying, and I'm so sorry to keep getting distracted, but <laughs> one of my problems with the hospital therapist is none of them had been there. You know, they're all yes. happy and healthy and, you know, they're going home and whatever. And and they, they try to talk you through it. I'm just like, yeah, but do you know? 
do you really know? Sure. They don't. They don't know. And here's the thing. Everybody's experience is different. I don't know what the person next to me in therapy was feeling. Crazy part, sorry, this is so random, but I don't get to talk about it much. Anymore. I love, I love that you are. So before I got paralyzed, I was volunteering at Littleton Hospital and I, I served lunch to the patients at the hospital. And I remember serving lunch to somebody in the ICU and we ended up being in Craig Hospital together. We were in- No way. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Did they remember you? He was, he was in a coma. So he did not remember me. Okay. I'm like, you're Q. I remember like who you remember the name Q and um, his family remembered me. So that was pretty cool. But I think that's really when my life focus shifted to where I'm like, this is really lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, we had more fun talking and griping to each other than when we had to go to the psychologist and, and I don't, no, I'm not planning on killing myself when I leave here. Like, mm-hmm. um, well, that actually wasn't totally accurate because you ask what you have to work through. Mm-hmm. And I think something we don't talk about a lot is, is those suicidal ideations? Is that yes. major depression? Is that anxiety? And I think for me, like, I'm very open about it. If I could have gotten out of my bed in the hospital, I would not be alive today. There were so many moments where I'm just like, this isn't worth it. Mm -hmm. This is really hard. This is really painful. Mm -hmm. I'm super sick. Um, I don't want to, but thankfully I was stuck in hospital bed because I couldn't move myself. Sure. Um, But to say, but that's actually ever since then, that has been a lifelong struggle. And it doesn't mm. go away. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to say like, oh, if you have a positive mindset, if you do mindfulness, if you're on medication, like you'll get through it and you'll get through it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's a really difficult struggle where some days and one thing I don't think people understand with people with disabilities is that flow of good days versus bad days. And like some days I could be rocking the world and deep clean the house and other days I can't even get out of bed. Like, mm-hmm. It's just so hard. Um, so I, that's a hard question. I think I find a lot of joy in helping other people and mm-hmm. I like making fun of it. It's, it's funny. <laughs> like we've gone through some funny things. I once peed all over my therapy mat because my, my key bag split open. That's funny. I don't know. It's funny. Shut down therapy. <laughs> get some ice cream now. <laughs> I love that you can laugh at that. And actually, I remember when I was newly like married to your brother and I remember him calling you Forrest Gump. And I almost I almost passed out. Like, I honestly was like, what? That is so mean. And you were laughing and laughing at it. And I just I think it's because I didn't grow up with much disability around me particularly like those physical disabilities, you know? And so I didn't know what types of boundaries there should be. And you've kind of helped teach me that, but also I know it's individual too. So some people wouldn't want to joke around the way you do because maybe they're not in a mental state to do that. But I really think that it's part of what helps you manage and helps you enjoy life. And I I do the same thing as a mom and a parent of 
multiple children with disabilities, you have to kind of joke around. Otherwise, for me, it kind of just wipes me out. But the thing is, is like we're people. Yeah. Like the disability doesn't change who I am. Yeah. Um, it actually defines a lot of who I am. Mm-hmm. Some one day somebody said, "Well, you're not paralyzed," and I actually got really mad. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you? And it's and it it related to me when Brielle said, "Like, no, I'm an autistic person. You can't separate me and the mm-hmm. autism." Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's how I feel. I'm like, this disability is so much a part of how I've chosen to live life and who I've become. Like, don't tell me I'm not paralyzed. Like, <laughs> you don't know the definition, friend. And just because I'm at a different level mm-hmm. doesn't mean that like, you don't experience paralysis. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, I just think there's a fine line. There's mm-hmm. a really fine line between to make it letting it define you or letting it influence who you want to become I think Mm. is Mm. I like that yeah I like that thought so first of all thank you so much for sharing your story I I just I picture people listening and saying are you kidding me The accident all alone is high trauma. And then to be hit by a car, not that long after your accident, I just, I don't, I mean, I think you're done with trials for your life. I think you've maxed out. Right. Yeah. Well, I I mean, yes, you've earned it. earned your badge so I guess now I kind of want to go back to what you do as an independent living specialist first something that I want to talk about is the reason why I'm talking to you about this is because you told me this isn't just specific to the state of Wyoming it's all over the country it's so cool independent living is a national program it's actually part of the ADA law Mm-hmm. Um, that we have independent livings or similar, they're not all called independent living, but similar factions, I guess, mm-hmm. um, that support for people with disabilities. So it's rated R, but I actually recommend the movie Crip Camp mm-hmm. on Netflix. Okay. And what I love about it is A, people with disabilities being able to get rights is as recent as the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. which is on, like less than, it's like 50 years ago. Yeah. Like those people are still alive today and still fighting for these same rights. Like it's not ancient history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 1996 is when, like, I think ADA officially became live six years old. Like I was alive. Wow. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Crip Camp, it's actually, Judy Human is one of the like main fierce advocates for people with disabilities. She has polio um, and she's still alive. She actually spoke at our conference last year and it just, it talks about, so it's kind of funny and it's a little rowdy of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher's like, this is a disability movie? I'm like, yes. And this is why I love it. Because they talk about during the seven, they wanted all to go to Woodstock, but they couldn't. <laughs> so they created their own Crip Camp and that's what they called it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And made their own like Woodstock. So they're like doing drugs, having sex, just living their life. Uh-huh. And it's rowdy. And it's hilarious because you look at people with disabilities and people would even, I even had a, a, a boyfriend 
who who's, who said marrying me would be starting a life with challenges and that Ooh. I couldn't go on a walk or I couldn't go to water parks because I'm too paralyzed. Like that's what he would say to me. Wow. Um, because people look at people with disabilities as less of a human. And like, mm-hmm. we don't have these desires. We don't have these inspirations. Like we're just mm-hmm. whatever, but we're not. Our brains are brilliant and we're really fun. Oh, I can, I can attest to that. Yes, you are. Also, what are the things just coming from a person? I, I don't have any diagnosed disabilities. And so I think just having children with disabilities and having you in my life and, and now knowing so many other people with disabilities, I think what I've learned is that some of us without disabilities, we just... We take it for granted. And I think sometimes like what you were saying about this boy that you dated and it just that he would be stepping into a life of challenge. I think, you know what, though, like some people, some people can step up to that. And some people, quite honestly, are scared of it and maybe not patient enough because they're I mean, you do. People with disabilities need accommodations and. And it's so interesting because when it becomes us, you hope that that's not when it became super important. You hope that we were always seeing it as something that existed and that we could help accommodate. And then it wouldn't take a traumatic life experience to change that. But sometimes it does because we weren't forced to look at it. So I, I understand that, that sometimes we're forced into assessing it. Yeah, life's a little harder for sure. Mm-hmm. And I do need accommodations. I do, you know, I can't drive a car without hand controls, um, you know, and there are some of those things, but that's just a way to make life easier. And mm-hmm. it was so interesting. I was listening to something yesterday and she was a direct, a drama director for a, a college. They did a um, autism how did she word it like a autism friendly performance mm-hmm. where they they didn't do like flashing lights and they lowered the sound and they had like a walk around space if you needed to move and they found that by trying to accommodate one group they actually accommodated parents with young children too oh they i love it yeah, who wanted to introduce their kids to the play but were worried about doing it like in that really strict environment and she said we're we're doing this performance to entertain you and for you just to be you mm-hmm. and it was a really cool experience and i i think we find ramps right or the sidewalk dips that accommodates people in wheelchairs absolutely it accommodates people with walkers but also accommodates strollers um mm-hmm. and grocery carts and so we're finding i think what our vision is a more accommodating world accommodates everybody mm-hmm. like we and and that's the vision. Well, I love that vision. And actually, that's a smart way to to look at it, too. I, I didn't even really think of it that way. And I'm surprised I haven't. So I'm glad that you brought that to my attention and that you shared that because you're right. It's not just one group of people that needs an accommodation or that can benefit from an accommodation. Right. So. I I love that you shared that. So if someone say, okay, so I'm in Colorado, you're in Wyoming. What if someone in Kentucky, it's like, I have a disability. I need resources. 
how do they, how do, where do they start? Gosh, I know, right? You know, I start by Googling. I'm going to do it right now while we're talking. I'm going to Google independent living Kentucky. Uh-huh. Love it. I'm going to tell you what happens. I'm not really sure what will happen. I've never done it. <laughs> um, there it is the forum at brookside independent living community yes that's an assisted living place senior living independent living programs okay five down so you do want to be a little bit careful sometimes you can be this confused with um like in-home assisted living or something like that this one is designed to teach youth age 12 and over who are in home care the skills to be self-sufficient and leave that care. Um, mm. So that's actually something we do too, is we work real, a lot with youth to help them get ready to graduate, move on to bigger things, whether it's higher education, a job, moving into an apartment. We do a lot of that transition work too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's also like if you go and look into the ADA, I think you can find a lot of information there because we are part of that. I love that you mentioned that. And I just want people listening to know that ADA stands for Adults with Disabilities Act. And that's what Lisa is referring to. So you can look up ADA and it can take you to different resources. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, I, I think it's important for people that are listening to say, where do I go? And to know how to answer that question for themselves. And this is such a valuable resource that I did not know existed. So I'm on here saying people, parents, autistic adults, adults with disabilities, go and look up this resource and find out how they can help you as in, in your life or help you with your child. I mean, there are there are resources out there that I think we just don't know about. Lisa, thank you so much for being with me today. And I just have one more question for you. And that is, what do you wish that non-disabled individuals could better understand about those living with disabilities? Well, I wish they knew a lot. I think the good days and bad days, I wish they knew and understood that scale. I wish they knew that we're fully capable of, of saying what we need and want in a moment. Mm -hmm. I wish they'd all just be like really open-minded and just quiet their own judgments and listen and look. Mm. Like I oh. just wish people would listen and look and pause. Listen and look and pause. Okay, that's, I'm going to put that on my... <laughs> on my board in my office. That is really fantastic advice for those of us who, who don't walk this world with a disability. So thank you so much. And for those of you that are listening, you can also find me at navigating.the.spectrum on Instagram. Lisa, thanks again for being with me. 